This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, July 18th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. Even some fans of national education standards are abandoning Common Core, the latest teachers' unions. Neil McCluskey, Associate Director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom, comments. It's very hard to judge uh, how great support is uh, for the Common Core among teachers or really anyone else. In part, that's because you have to know what the definition of the Common Core is. It could mean lots of different things to lots of different people. And then you have to know how it's described in the surveys. Uh, Some surveys will give you a description of the Common Core. Others will just base it on what you say you know about the Common Core. That said, there is probably majority support, I would guess, for the Common Core itself, the standards among teachers. At least there's not a huge number of teachers say they just reject what's in the Common Core. On the flip side, there's almost certainly majority opposition to the Common Core if you talk about the standards coupled with tests and those test results having uh, ramifications for the teachers, whether or not they get promoted, whether or not they're able to choose where they transfer, any any sort of, of ramification of teachers. They're very much, it seems, against that component of the Common Core. So if you consider that the Common Core discussion When you hear Common Core broadly, most people are probably thinking not just about the standards, but the standards ensconced in an overall system of of assessments and ramifications for teachers, for schools, and ultimately for students. If that's how you look at it, then teachers and the general public are very clearly turning against Common Core, and those who know something about it, most of them say they don't support it. How is this played out in terms of how teachers unions deal with this issue? Obviously, high stakes testing, as it's known, whenever uh, there is a price to be paid for poor outcomes on on testing, that's very important to teachers. But how has this played out uh, in general? Well, it's played out in a way that was uh, very predictable by people uh, such as me and others who opposed Common Core because we knew how the political system would handle it. So there are lots of great reasons to oppose any sort of nationalization of standards. Most uh, crucially, all kids are different. They should be doing different things at different times. They have different skills, abilities, and you want to personalize education, not move everyone in lockstep. But suppose that you could have one best set of standards and you thought that you could, you know, knowing that we have one best set of standards, make it work by having tough tests and tough accountability. And that's what Common Core people, supporters really say. It's not just the standards. You've got to have a high bar on your tests for students to get over so they actually know all those standards. And there have to be real ramifications for the schools uh, and the teachers. And there's less talk about students, but especially for the schools. So if you don't do well, you have a real impetus to improve. Well, opponents of the Common Core were saying from the beginning, There's no reason to believe that even if you get the standards through the federal government, that the teachers' unions, the administrators' associations, the people you'd want to hold accountable would continue to support any sort of centralized accountability. They'd just rip that apart. And that is precisely what we've seen over the last year and a year and a half. Teachers' unions saying, sure, have the federal government push one set of standards. Have standards-making done at one central place, but absolutely don't have any sort of accountability that goes with that. So what the unions have been saying now is, look, we support the idea of national standards, but 
you need to, at the very least, stop what you're doing for any accountability for teachers. And we need to relook at that. And we'll look at it two years down the line, which most people recognize is almost certainly a strategy to get rid of it. Delay it for now until you can get rid of it later. And this is what people who are opposed to the Common Core, in many cases, were saying from the beginning. Common Core supporters, you may be well-intentioned, but you are never going to get the standard, the accountability that you want. But what you are going to do is move authority to a greater, a higher, more centralized level, which is actually easier for teachers' unions and special interests to control because it's one-stop shopping. What do we know about how the public feels about Common Core these days? So a lot of what we see uh, in terms of teacher union opposition, a much louder teacher union opposition, is going kind of hand in hand with huge burgeoning opposition and now kind of uh, unstoppable, it seems, well, hopefully opposition to the Common Core, coming from the general public. So we have to remember what happened. Uh, you get in around 2007 or so, the Council of Chief State School Officers and the National Government Association saying, let's just come up with some, let's try and draft some, some common standards that maybe people will adopt, maybe they won't. 2008, they come out a report called Benchmarking for Success, which says, you know, we really ought to have internationally benchmarked standards common to all states. Oh, and the federal government ought to incentivize adoption of these things. 2009, you've got the Great Recession and the stimulus. And part of the stimulus was a program called Race to the Top, $4.35 billion. And one of the things it said is if you want to get maximum points in the competition for money, you have to adopt a set of standards that are common to a majority of states. There was only one set of standards that met that, the Common Core. We now know that Common Core supporters were actually lobbying the administration to include Common Core in Race to the Top. But of course, that's what they'd asked for in benchmarking for success. And so what happened was, very quickly, most states adopted Common Core because they essentially had to do that, to try and get this money that they felt they desperately needed because it was the low point of the Great Recession. So the public really knew nothing, was had no idea what was going on. You now go to about 2011, 2012, and finally implementation hits districts, and the public becomes aware of this. And this is now when you see the beginning of what is, at this point, huge opposition to the Common Core, to the point where you have comedians. You know, you have Louis C.K., you have, you have Colbert making fun of the Common Core. You have survey after survey, especially ones that don't include loaded descriptions of the Core, showing that of people who know about the Common Core, most the majority of those don't support it. Um, and you even see major supporters like the Gates Foundation recognizing that the political opposition to the Common Core is suddenly very powerful. And they are saying, well, let's hold on. Let's do a two-year moratorium on enacting the standards and I mean, the accountability and testing parts of this. Because they recognize they have lots of parents who are very angry about this, the general public, and now teacher unions who are joining in with this opposition to make it on numerous levels undeniable. And it seems, based on the actions we're seeing state after state after state, sort of unstoppable. At least people can't ignore it anymore. So not only have you had Indiana drop out, South Carolina's going to drop out, Oklahoma's going to drop out, North Carolina is, is looking to reevaluate the Common Core. You even have New Jersey, which was not really in play. It would seem to be a solid Common Core 
state where the governor has just had to say, okay, but we're gonna we're gonna slow down. We're not gonna to implement the the accountability for teachers and things. You know, like that, that we're planning to do right away. So even those states that seem solidly in the core camp where there didn't appear to be a lot of opposition are having to slow down or back off. Jeb Bush is a likely candidate for president. He seems to have hitched his wagon to the rising star that is Common Core, uh, so to speak. So where do, what is that? Has he backed down or changed any of his set? talking points about it? You know, to his credit, I haven't seen that Jeb Bush has backed down. Uh, I don't think that, well, first of all, I should say that I think most people who support the Common Core really do think it's good. I don't want to say that these people are trying to push something bad. And I think he really thinks that the Common Core, having one set of national standards, would probably be beneficial. Uh, And to his credit, he's sort of stuck with that. What concerns me about what he is, how he is engaged in this debate, how other pro-Common Core people have engaged in this debate, is they have made most of their arguments first and foremost based on attacking the the opposition and not based on the opposition's arguments, but by trying to say the opposition is fringe, they're they're kooky, they're ignorant, and they've done this for the last year and a half or so, and I think this is one of the reasons the Common Core is really starting to get its head handed to it, because the public rejects this idea that the people in the public who are opposed to Common Core are just somehow uh, ignorant or, or weird. There are huge reasons to oppose the Common Core, and and I think he, as well as many others, have tried not to address the substance and have instead too often focused on attacking the people involved. He's certainly not the only one, um, but this is sort of a, a you know, kind of a, a bankrupt strategy to use, you know, kind of just a, attacking your opponents rather than their arguments. And I think that that's having to change. And I haven't seen that he has you know, become more conciliatory and said, yes, actually, my opponents do have a lot of good things to say. doesn't mean he hasn't done it and I just haven't missed it. That's possible or that I have missed it. You know, it's possible I've missed it, but I haven't seen that. Neil McCluskey is the associate director of the Cato Institute Center for Educational Freedom. You can read more of his work at Cato.org. 